Welcome to the Rock of Bay County, Florida, where our vision is to be a multi-generational gathering, moving as one body to bring the glory of Yahweh to this beautiful county and to all the earth. We hope you are encouraged and blessed as you listen to this message. Thank you guys so much for sharing your testimonies because I truly love you people. You're so funny and so great and so real. And um, I just really appreciate every single one of you. And I, and I just want to say, let me off the hook. This is just my, like, I'm just another testimony. I just got a couple notes, but I'm not here to, like, really preach to you. I'm just, you know, I, I've been sharing some things with Mark that have been on my heart. And so he asked me to, to just say those things. So, and then I have notes on my phone, so I'm also not texting but I've got to, uh, I've got to, you know, I have to refer to this because I get, when I was listening to y'all talk about your testimonies, I completely forgot that I was about to speak. And then all my notes and everything are out of my head and I'm just like, oh, I'm panicked now. I don't, I don't feel like I remember what to say. So, um, you know, I hope that this helps somebody just like Olivia said, I hope that it can encourage somebody, but my kind of, if I could summarize everything I'm about to say. It's kind of about guarding your mind because Mark's been talking a lot about guarding your heart and that is so important. But I think that the way that you guard your heart is by guarding your mind and your thoughts. It all kind of filters and it's all related. You can't, you can't have one without the other. Um, so basically it kind of all started when I saw this quote and I saw it a few times Um, on social media, and it said, I don't know who it is. I tried to look it up. I couldn't find it. I'm sorry. But it said, if we knew how powerful our thoughts were, we would never have a negative thought again. And that just made me start thinking. And, and, you know, the Bible says that too because it says, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. You know, we, we, from the time we're very little, our experiences, the way that things happen to us starts building these channels of thought. So when something happens, you without knowing it, you think about past experiences and it goes down that same pathway and, you know, the circumstances surrounding it, the outcome, all of that kind of gets filtered through those past experiences. And so in a way we get programmed and as we get older, it's harder. You just, I've seen it all. I know it all. I know that person's going to do this. I know all this, you know, and you get kind of stuck in your ways. And I, you know, you don't have to be older. You can be, you know, younger. You know, I remember thinking that way when I was 20 about certain things and, um, also around the same time, I was, sorry, I was reading a little bit about John D. Rockefeller and it fascinated me because a lot of, uh, most people say that he was the wealthiest man of all time ever was. And I just was like, well, how did he get there? I just started learning about him and, um, I don't know why it just interested me, but he kind of built his wealth. He tried to monopolize oil. He tried to monopolize everything to do with oil and then kind of kept going. And a lot of people said that he built his wealth on the ruins, on the ruin of other men. And I was like, man, that's just not a good story. Let's just, you know, I'm kind of like looking for some kind of inspiration, something good. But then I kept reading and he was the son of a man that they, people called Devil Bill. So Devil Bill, y'all can look this up, it's kind of interesting, but Devil Bill, obviously that doesn't sound good because it's not. He was not a good person. He um, was quoted as, uh, he was quoted for saying, I cheat my sons every chance I get to make them strong. So John D. Rockefeller grew up being lied to and cheated by his own father every step of the way. So that kind of helped 
helps you think about his thought processes. When he's going into business with somebody or doing something, I'm in it for myself. I don't trust these people. They're going to lie to me. They're going to cheat me. I'm going to cheat them first so that they don't get to cheat me. And, um, you know, it's just that's the way of the world. That's the way that they, the world tries to make you believe that. But we don't have that. Our Father did not cheat us. Our Heavenly Father did not cheat us. He gave everything for us. And, you know, whenever you can filter your thought processes, what you're going through, your circumstances, not like, this is out to get me, this is something bad. When you filter it through, he gave everything for me. He loves me so much that he's got this. He sees me in my, you know, in my times when I'm crying or don't understand. He sees me through, like, good times. That can help you come out of that thing in the right way, not in the bitter way, not in the hurt way, in the right way where you're still able to feel love and still be able to pour love out to others. We have to come to a place where we filter our issues through the knowledge of his goodness and not the knowledge of our needs. You know, so many times that's in the forefront of our mind. We need this. Why hasn't this word come through? Why hasn't, you know, I, I, I need this with this situation. I need this with work. I need, you know, don't worry about the needs. He's got the needs. Be okay in him where you are. You don't have to be okay where you are. Sometimes, like Tara said, it's going to keep crawling up and bothering you, and you you know that there's more. You know that there's more to fulfill, but be okay with him in where you are. Because obviously there's not a reason, there's not, if it hasn't happened, if there's not a way out, he, he wants you to be there. There's something else he wants you to learn. There's something else that he wants to take you through. And that's important to, to help you kind of quill that. One thing that Mark has talked about, and this kind of goes along with our thoughts, just a different angle. One thing that Mark has talked about a lot um, that's challenged me and stretched me, but also I know it's so good, is about loving your enemy. You know, when he talks about truly, not just forgiving them, because I feel like I've done that before, but when you are called to truly love your enemy, somebody that's really hurt you deep down, that's hard. And, um, and your thoughts always go like, well, I'm, I, it's okay if they do good, but I don't want them to do too good, you know? And <laughs> you don't want them to feel like they're right. And I just like, I, but I know, that, I know that that's not the truth. The true love of Yahweh is like, you know, Yahweh doesn't think of us like that. Like, well, they sinned against me, so I don't want them doing too good. You know, he doesn't think like that. His love, the way that he sees us is so much more than that. You know, he adores us. He gave up everything for us. And um, so one of the things that he kind of showed me, face ID. Okay, come on. So one of the things that he showed me when after Mark had talked about um, loving your enemy was, and I wrote this down too because I don't want to get lost in it, but if people truly saw themselves the way that he sees them, in his fullness, so much would change. There would be no need for pride, hate, need for justification. You know, all of those things come. You know, cutting people down, being, being just anything less than loving and, and wholesome, all of that comes whenever you don't fully see yourself as he sees you. You're trying to compensate for some kind of lack within you, some kind of need for love that you're not, you're not full in. And, um, it's so obvious too, you know, when you say something bad about somebody, even if it's innocent, it's kind of makes you feel like you got it a little bit more together and it's not right. There's no need for that. If you saw, if you saw through Yahweh's eyes, the way he adores you, 
you wouldn't, you wouldn't need to cut anybody else down. You just want to pour out that love to others. And I've had trouble almost in the past. I spoke about that in the big church back there one time about I had, I had trouble with accepting Yahweh's goodness because I didn't want to be like Job. I didn't want to be tested, speak about his goodness and then be tested and everything, you know, fall apart. And he kind of led me through that, and I, I spoke about how finally I was able to come to the place where I just let it all go, and I just declared he is good, and I'm not going to go back on that. I, I let it all go to him, and I let myself fully believe for the first time that he is good. And through that, so much healing, so much hope, everything, everything good gets filled into you. There's not a chance of... I'm kind of going off script, and I hope it doesn't bite me later, but... Um, <laughs> Every time I run, I think about John and how he called himself Yeshua's, Yahweh's beloved, Yeshua's beloved, help me, Mark. Okay, but he basically was, said that he was Yeshua's favorite. And I always thought, man, that, is such, that takes such confidence to be able to say that you are Yeshua's favorite and you're the one writing that. It's different if somebody else says that about you, but when you're the one like, I'm his favorite, it's me. And I just thought, every time I run, I was like, what if we lived in a world where we did allow ourselves to think that way? If we did let ourselves, you can start out small. Just allow yourself to think that maybe he loves you more than the degree that you've allotted to yourself. You always think, like, he loves me, he loves me so much. And, but it's always like, you, can, you know there's like a ceiling to it. In your mind, you kind of have put a ceiling to it. What if you allow yourself to think he loves you above that ceiling? More than what you expect for him to love you. And then go a little bit further when you do that and say, what if I was his favorite? What if, what if I, he loves me so much that I'm his favorite? And in a way, I almost, I, I, I kind of went back because I was like, well, I don't want to be arrogant. You know, I don't want to like think like that of myself. I don't think that highly of myself. I don't want to seem like I'm that way to other people. But Yahweh was like, when you get filled with my love, the more that my love fills you, there's no room for arrogance. There's no room for those negative things. When my love fills you, you outpour that love because you have no need for justification. You have no need for, you know, proving yourself to be something. You don't worry about that because he, you see yourself by the eyes of the Father. And so when you allow yourself to be loved to a greater degree than what you've ever felt, and then keep that. Once you get that degree, let yourself be loved even more. The more you get filled with his love, the more you outpour to others. You don't have to worry about it being a negative. It's always a positive. And he, and he was showing me that, and I'm still walking in that. I'm still seeing what that means and what that looks like in my life, but it truly, it gives you more peace. You know, we all, peace is kind of the, the navigational beacon. You know, when we first got into this place, the call that happened November 9th, 2017, when Leo, Leo was like two months old. And we were like, how are we going to do this? How are we going to navigate this? There's so many past, there's so much history, you know? There's, you know, how do we, we're like young bucks, Mark, number one. I mean, I, I love you, Mark, but, you know, there's no, there's no, you know, <laughs> There's no Bible history there. He has no foundation for this call. You know, he hates public speaking. Absolutely detests it. I used to have to help, you know, prep him for college presentations. And I'm like, I don't mind public speaking. I think I've said that before. I don't get nervous. I get more nervous about everything else, like getting the kids ready and everything. And then it get, I get flustered 
with that. But I'm like, Mark, nobody cares what you say. You know, like, oh, well, not, <laughs> that's not what I meant. That's not what I meant. I meant, <laughs> I meant in, <laughs> in his presentations while I'm helping him with this presentation. <laughs> I'm saying, like, as I'm helping him do these presentations, let me back up, you know, because my moment, I told Brad, Brad is um, visiting Joe and Ellen this week, and I was kind of telling him that, he's like, do you like speaking? And I said, you know, I had my moment while I was in college, I, I saw, I had my notes, my, you know, board and everything, and I saw how nervous everybody was in the room. They were all about to present, and I was, and they were just like, so scared. And I was just thinking, I don't care what any of them have to say. I'm just like, I need to get mine over with. And I know the teacher just wants me to do a half a good job so she can, you know, have that. And so it, like, all that worry came off of me about presenting. And so that's what I told Mark. In that day, I said, nobody cares what you have to say about your presentation. They're all worried about their own project. (laughs) I did not mean that. You're changing my life. It's good. Um, oh my gosh. And now where do I go from that? I got flustered. <laughs> Hold on. Let me think. Uh, what? Pieces are, thank you. Thank you. So, so during that time when that call came on us and, and so yeah, no back, no Bible background, hating presentations and public speaking. And the third was just that we never saw our lives go this way. Since I met Mark when we were 17, we always talked about business ventures. We were, that was the direction we were headed. That's what we, you know, thought Yahweh was leading us down. And so this came out of left field. This came out of nowhere. And I was like, I just, I've never wanted to be in the ministry. I, I admire people that do because it's a hard call. I admired Miss Shirley and Apostle. I really did. But that was not something that I ever wanted on me or, or Mark or the, you know, the kids and stuff. And so I was just like, but Yahweh, if you called us this, how can we say no? We can't say no to something that we know is of you. So we were like, but you know what? If this is of you, he, who's, he is faithful who calls you who also will do it, right? Yeah. So if this is of you, you will guide us through this because... One, we don't really want it, but if you want us to, we want it. But two, you know, I know that if this, if you called us this, then this is more important to you than it even is to us. So he did, but the way that he guided us through everything, you know, he told us what to do certain times, but overwhelmingly it was more of peace. When we got done talking to somebody about something, if it was confusion and um, doubt and just stress and anxiety, it was like, Yahweh's not in that. He's not. And we kind of knew, okay, shift focus. And then when, when it was peace, and that, not that it's not hard words sometimes, but even with hard words, his peace, that passes understanding, you know it. It's, in, it's deep in your heart. So that's what we did. And that literally guide us, guided us through the entire process, which was so hard. And then through the hurricane, which was so hard. But it did. His peace, it's, it's worth harping on over and over again each week. If you, and when Henry was up here talking about his face, I'm like, he's taking my message. But, um, you know, that, that really, it will help guide you in your life. You'll, you'll know when grace has left a situation, when you need to get out of it. But he'll, you'll also know when you need to remain in a situation because he's still in it and he wants you there. So, you know, that was the other thing. So, one of the things that I wanted to bring up when it comes to guiding your heart, your mind and your thoughts as a way of guarding your heart. I'll wait on that. Okay, so 
I'm just going to take a different perspective or a different way for right now. Maybe that one will come back later. But I was looking up 2 Corinthians 10.5. And in the Passion Translation, it says it's such a great way, way that I've never heard before. But it says, we can demolish every deceptive fantasy that opposes God and break through every arrogant attitude that is raised up in defiance of the true knowledge of God. We capture, like prisoners of war, every thought and insist that it bow in obedience to the anointed one. And that, that, that like kind of summarizes the message. I haven't really talked about that that much, but um, that kind of summarizes it for me. Because we all have thoughts... Olivia talked about it. We all have thoughts where things just go through our mind or doubt creeps in or whatever. But when you look at it in that way, I'm going to hold you captive, you thought, like a prisoner of war until you bow down to my God because he is greater than that. And when we find out that that's our, really our responsibility to do that over and over and over again, we will start to see the power of what, what we have in this time. You know, we don't have to... If, if our heart and our minds form our world within and a world around let's let's put a little bit more weight to that let's not just be so nonchalant about the negative thoughts that we think whether they're about people ourselves oh that was a good thing so do you guys remember that song mark's like i'm all over the place do you guys remember that song that we sang a while back and it's called the simple gospel and it was i was probably like most of you guys because i was sitting here thinking when they, it's being sung, Lord, I've been told to be ashamed. I've been told I don't measure up. I've been told I'm not good enough. And I remember thinking, well, I haven't really, nobody's really said that to me. Like, I just, but I'm just going to sing it because I know that I'm worshiping in this moment and Yahweh, you know, appreciates that. And then Mark came up and he was like, how about, have you told yourself that? Have you told yourself that you should be ashamed that you don't measure up, that you're not good enough. And then it was like just a ton of bricks, just like, oh, I did all the time. I've done that. So that is that thought. The war, we're not, we might not be in this age, we might not be at war with the enemy personally. You know, it's still out there. But personally, I feel like Yahweh's taken us to a place of peace where we're, we're not really dealing with warfare enemies around us. I feel like, you know, we're not in that. But in the mind, we are. And we're dealing with all these thoughts that always tell us we're not good enough or I'm not, you know, smart enough or I don't, I didn't succeed at this age like this person did. I don't have, you know, this, you know, work ethic like this person does or whatever the case may be. You tell yourself you don't have these things, but that's a lie because Yahweh has told us that he's equipped us with whatever he's called us to, you know, and, and we need to be able to focus on that. Don't let those thoughts, you know, cultivate within you. And I'm guilty of that. I have so done that about so many things. And I'll just be honest. One thing, I used to grow up in school. It's kind of a stretch for me to say in public. But I grew up in school being like the smart kid. I had all A's. I didn't struggle for tests. It was very, came very easy to me. I was very blessed. My sister had really a lot of trouble with math. She probably had that dyscalculia or whatever it's called. But so I was kind of like... I got that part, mom and dad, they don't have to worry about me with this, I'm good. And it just, that always continued through high school, through college, until I got to organic chemistry, and my mind just like, 
just did not. And, and mind you, regular chemistry was one of my favorite classes. I thought, like, this is great. I might be a chemist one day because I love chemistry. <laughs> and I loved calculus. I thought, like, all of those things. See, my mind works in numbers and formulas. It does not work in shapes. I cannot see 3D. And organic chemistry, all of a sudden, and physics, just like both. I had both of them at the same time. And I'm just thinking, what happened? I've never never had to deal with this. I don't understand. So I tried, I withdrew because I was like, I'm not going to see in this class. It must be the teacher. I'm going to, I'm going to take it again. I'm going to take it again. You, UF, I'm transferring and I'll take it over there and it'll be great. And then I'm taking it in a class of like, you know, 500 and I don't feel like I can ask the teacher anything. I've got all my, I bought models. I bought little help flashcards. I bought like all these things that I'm like, I'm going to do this. I can, I've always been able to do every other class that's ever come to me. Let me tell you, I didn't do it. I withdrew out of that one too. <laughs> and I was like so devastated. Like I can laugh about it now, but I was devastated crying in the car about this physics and chemistry and just feeling like I cannot measure up. I'm not good enough for this. I cannot do it. And um, since that day, it's been like a weird Mind shift. See, that experience helped, not helped, it hurt me, but it made me process everything else through that experience. All of a sudden, I wasn't smart. All of a sudden, I couldn't get that. All of a sudden, I don't understand things, and I don't, I'm not going to speak in, in different conversations because I don't know, and I'm not, I'm not one of those smart kids anymore. And so it's important to realize, like, when Yahweh reveals these things to you about changing your mind, changing the way you think, sometimes it can be like a story or a whatever, but sometimes it can be those deep-rooted things that you don't even want to come up to the surface. You just feel them. And that's kind of how I was about feeling smart. And that's why when everybody was like, well, I was smart because they remembered me from like college or something, I'd be like, oh, God, I don't feel smart. I didn't want to, like, I didn't even want to approach it because it hurt, you know? And But Yahweh, so in this process, Yahweh shows me, you don't have to worry about that. You don't have to have like this list of like, I'm smart or I'm not smart or I'm successful or I'm not successful or I'm wealthy or I'm not wealthy or I'm this. Like none of that list matters. Has he, has he given you something that he's entrusted you with? If so, then he's equipped you for that thing. Don't worry about the rest of it. And, you know, if he called you to it, he's equipped you for it. You know, and, and really, if nothing else... He's not going to stop loving you if you're not good enough for something, which you are because he made you that way, you know. But, if, but think about it in that perspective. Well, what if I'm really not good enough? He still's not stopped loving you. He still adores you. He still thinks of you like the apple of his eye that he paid the ultimate price to have relationship with you. And with that relationship, that was another point somewhere down in here that I haven't looked at. But with that relationship, you know, he wants you to come to him with everything, I think it was Henry that was talking about it today. That was another point. Um, you know, everybody, because Tara and Olivia talked about doubt too. But one thing that he's shown me, whether it was Adam and Eve after they sinned, they hid from him, or multiple people in the Bible, you know, that um, hid from him in his sin, or they just try to brush over the sin as if it didn't happen, or whatever they struggle with as if it didn't happen, they can take care of it. But what did Yahweh want? He never wants you to hide from him. I think that's why David was so special to him, King David. David did horrible things, and he always came back to Yahweh. He you know, opened his heart up and let Yahweh see the despicable parts about, about him and praised his name despite 
despite all of it. And that's something that really has impacted me a lot because when I do have doubts, when I do have disappointments, every one of us does, you know, when things come up that I don't understand that really shake me up, I go to him and I show him that part of me and I, and I tell him, Yahweh, this, this is what I'm feeling. I know that you're good, but I don't understand how this could have happened, or I don't understand why you allowed this to happen, or whatever the case may be. But I think that Yahweh appreciates that honesty. I think that he wants that from us. He paid the ultimate price for a relationship. That doesn't mean just when things are going good. He wants to see the ugly. Just like there's times, like in a marriage, when you walk through something with somebody, and it's ugly. It ain't nice, you know, or it's hard. You know, Mark's thrown up in the car beside me, you know, on the way back from his house. That's just for funnies. But um, <laughs> I had to lighten the mood a little bit. It was getting heavy. But, you know, there, you, I, don't wa- I wouldn't want it any other way. I want to, and he does too. He, you want to walk through every part of somebody. You want to be able to share the good things and the bad things. And what happens when you do that, when you come to him with your doubt or your frustrations or like, yeah, I, I really do, I'm terrible, I'm just bad at this or whatever it is. That's when you allow him to take you above the situation and get a heavenly perspective. His perspective on you so that you feel that beloved identity that Damon talks about. I haven't heard his whole message, but I know it's so vital on to see yourself as his beloved. When, so when you, get, when you open yourself up in those times, not just the good times when you're praising him and everything's good, but the really ugly parts that are just ugly. There's no way around it. And you show him that. And he takes you and raises you up above the situation and says, remember how much I love you. Remember how I see you even in your most unlovable moment. Remember how I see you. And remember how I see this situation because I've got all of it. And then you come back down and you have that peace again that passes all understanding. And you don't have to worry so much. And you don't have to feel you know, less than. And you don't have to feel anxious for anything. Um, this is a little bit doesn't relate, but it helped me so much the other day because, and I think it does relate a little bit because it, you know, we can put that on ourselves, but I saw this quote when I was having a very difficult time with Leo McSteo <laughs> because he's, he's, I love him. He's so tough sometimes. And he does literally the opposite of what you ask him to do. And I was just like, yeah, how do I, how do I do? I don't know how to parent a child that does this kind of stuff. You know, I asked him not to do it. And he literally goes and in defiance does it. And I just, I brought that to you. I said, yeah, I feel like I'm failing because you gave me this child and I cannot, I don't know how to deal with him. I really don't. And see, I gave him to that. He gave me peace. I just kind of continued on my day. And then I saw this quote and it said, Children ask for love in the most unlovable ways sometimes. And I was like, oh my gosh, that, that was like so true in his situation. Because you can, then I started noticing, oh, Frank got all this attention. Oh, everybody's doting on Mila. Oh, what's Leo doing? He's doing something really bad. <laughs> You'll find him doing something really bad. And see, but if I didn't come to that place with Yahweh where I admit those things to him, and he gave me that peace and that perspective, if I read that quote that day, I would have just felt judgment. I would have felt like, 
He's asking for love, and I'm a horrible mother. You know, like, rather than like, oh, Yahweh's showing me this to guide me to, to in love. It's not like a judgment thing. It's a in love thing. And see, so that's why if I raise myself above the situation, I bring it to him, he fills me with his peace and with his love, and then I come back down, and then he'll guide me in his love and show me things that I need to see. And um, one way that, that I saw that, too, is... Um, Come on, face. Okay, so one way that I saw that too that I thought was so neat was in Matthew 16, 5. It's the story of when Yeshua is talking to his disciples, and he tells them to beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. And I'm sure you all know that story. But what I found amazing in that is that they hear that, and these are disciples. I always try to think, these are disciples walking with Yeshua. They should be so knowledgeable and and wise because they're learning from, you know, the great one. And they're like, oh, man, we didn't bring bread. He's mad because we didn't bring bread. And he's like, no. And they're like, that's all they can think of is in the natural. And he's like, were you not with me when we fed the 5,000, which we learned was more like 30,000? Did you not see me? It's not about the bread. It's not about the bread. But see, they were operating out of lack, out of the natural See, their natural level, bread, something physical, natural. So they're operating in the natural, not the heavenly perspective of what he's saying. They're operating by physical bread. And when you operate out of a natural level, you're automatically starting out in lack. Whereas when you operate from the heavenly perspective, Yahweh's perspective, there is no lack. So if you can get to where he's talking about, what he's talking about, you're, you're good. You're not below. But when you just think, oh, this is just the natural you know, I'm, I'm seeing what the, you know, everything else around me, people around, voices, whether it's social media, news, whatever, I'm hearing all these voices, you're already starting out at a place of lack. And that's what he's like, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. What they say to you will get into your heart and grow. You know, we know what leaven does. It just takes over. Beware of what they say. Don't, don't let those things cultivate in your mind. Don't let that fear take over. Take, remove yourself. I hear what they're saying over here. I know what they're saying on the news. I know what they're saying on social media, how they present themselves as the perfect family or this or that, whatever it may be that throws you for a loop. I hear that too, but let me remove you from that. Get a heavenly perspective. Bring all your cares to me. Let me fill you with my perspective on you and on that situation. And from there, we can make things work. You will, you know, get my power. You will get everything I need. But that leaven, what he was talking about, was so, I mean, think about, we are so like that. You know, we do that. We, I do that all the time. You know, you, you focus more on, on the judgment of Yahweh, on like, well, well, what did I not do? Oh, I didn't bring bread. He's going to be mad. You know, or I, you know, what they were thinking. Your situation's different. But, you know, you're like, oh, gosh, I failed. Well, Yahweh, where did I sin, Tara? Where did I sin that I didn't get this house? You know, instead of thinking of him as good, good father who loves us who adores us. He's not sitting there trying to judge you. He doesn't want to judge you. He wants to grow in a relationship with you and have him beca- have you become more like him every day and show others the love that he, you know, has for them by, you know, overfilling out of you and pouring out onto others. So that is has really like just kind of all this stuff has wrecked me the last while. I just feel like everything's changing the way I view people, the way I view myself. You know, it's it's there's such a peace to all of this. If you really grab hold of, uh, of everything that's being said here, you're always leading us in this thing. And it's so amazing. And I can say that because I know, I know Mark. 
And I know that he's good at a lot of things, but I know that he could never make this up on his own. I know he couldn't, just in the natural. He couldn't. He was called, and the stuff that comes through him, Yahweh is speaking through him. And I, and I, t- I take hold of that. You know, I take hold of that because I know that if Yahweh is speaking, I want to know, I want, to, I want that in my life because obviously it's important enough. If, if Yahweh wants to tell us this, then it's important enough for me to really grab hold of it and, and allow my mind to be changed and allow my thoughts to be changed and to focus more on him in every situation. Have that peace. You know, and um, not get so caught up in the comparisons or the fear. Because it does, a lot of stuff spews. I don't know if you guys have noticed, but a lot of things are tailored to make us fear. Fear for the future, fear for people coming after us. It's always like, if we could fear, then we can be controlled. But Yahweh is not, he does not want us to fear. He wants us to be, you know, completely without fear and without doubt and full of hope and full of faith for him. And, and we will be distinguished by people like that because a lot of the world gets caught up in the fear and the rat race and the comparisons. And we don't need to be like that. We need to show people that there is another way. And if we can have that in our own lives and show other people, we can truly bring freedom through Christ. Like Christ died for this kind of freedom for all of us to be free. And um, anyway, that's yeah, might be... <laughs> I never know how Mark ends these. Let's pray. But um, <laughs> it's going to happen. I'm going to do it. But, um, <laughs> you know, one last little tiny point. And thank you guys for listening to me. But um, one last little point is about our thoughts. You know, even that whole, sp- I'll say it, I'll read it, and then I'll say it. But our thoughts about ourselves only become powerful when we come into agreement with them. And that was one thing that he was showing me with that whole smart thing, you know. I um, I started to let that become a part of me. I really did. I started to come into agreement with it. Before, it was just like, what the heck? I can't do this. You know, I'm not, what's going on? But then it was like it started to, that thought process, remember that thought process of the way you think. You encounter an experience and you wire it through one of the previous thought processes that you experienced in the past. Don't let that happen. Rewire it. Say, no, Yahweh is faithful. He's good. I'm going to start over here. And, and, and allow your brain to be rewired. So don't come into agreement with the lies that you tell yourself. You are just where you're supposed to be. Everything you walk through up until this point is to get you to this point. Don't let that make you feel like you're not good enough, that you're behind the mark, that other people are way further than you in whatever realm they're in or whatever realm you're thinking about, allow yourself to rewire and to believe that you are exactly where you are for this purpose, to know his love, to fill yourself with his love, and for that to be the takeoff point and not, and not what happened way back then or where you think that you're supposed to be at this moment. He loves you so much. Allow yourself to believe that and to let yourself have a greater degree of his love than you've ever felt before. So let's pray. Thank you, Yahweh. Thank you. We love you so much. We ask that you're with us this week, 
that we feel your presence, that we feel your love, and that every time that we think that we're not good enough, or every time that something comes up that creates a negative pathway in our minds, that we hold that thought captive like prisoners of war, that that thought may bow down to you, Yahweh, that you are the ruler of all of it, and all of everything going on, you have us, you love us. We declare that over ourselves. You love us, and you have us, and we love you, and give that love right back to you and to others, Yahweh. We thank you so much. We thank you for Yeshua, the blood that was that was laid down for us. We thank you for you, Yahweh, for Holy Ghost, for leading us. In Yeshua's name, amen. I just want to say a word. It won't take long. I just want to give my opinion here that um, I have been around a long, long time, and I've seen, I've seen a lot... I've seen a lot of young preachers and how they start. I've, I've, I've seen many, many, many of them. And I've known Mark all his life. And I would never have, I would never have chosen Mark for the job that he has. But, and I didn't know exactly how things were going to go. But when I, he first got up and preached, it was like he had been doing it a long time. And I knew the Holy Spirit was giving him the words and that he was being led by the Holy Spirit. And that's all I needed. And I want to say that he has no... And every time he gets up, he has a fresh word from the Lord. And that's what we need. We don't need all these of this grandeur theological stuff. We need a word from the Holy Spirit. In the, word, in the times we're living in, it's a very dangerous time and a very difficult time. We see everything that we believed in sort of going up in smoke. But we do know that the Holy Spirit is leading Mark. And I believe he is the man that was meant for this position. And I just wanted you to know how I felt. Thank you for listening. For more information on The Rock of Bay County, please go to therockofbc.org.